This is Football 401k, broadcasting on DallasCowboys.com and the official Dallas Cowboys app. Now your hosts, Bo Repka and RJ Choppy. Welcome to episode 7 of the Football 401k. I am RJ Choppy of 105 through the fan uh, in Dallas. You can catch me with Sean Sharif. Uh, and Troy Hughes, Monday through Friday, 5.30 to 10 on 105 The Fan. He is Bo Repka of the Football Glory Hole. Great show for you today. I'm even more excited when we're off a dominating week. Holy cow. On Twitter, I was 12 and 4. Yes, sir. Well, And I and think we were, were, we were, were we undefeated on this podcast last week? We were. A little 3-0 oh action. Look at for that. Yeah. Always good to see. It's never a bad thing <laughs> when there's zero is in the lost column. Even if you're 0-0-12, it ain't that bad, right? It ain't that bad. So let's get right to it here. Uh, recapping last week, it was a phenomenal... It, it may have been one of the best sports weekends of all time when you factor in the fight, uh, the, Tyson Fury, uh, the uh, uh, Tyson Fury against Deontay Wilder fight, and then the Major League Baseball playoffs. I mean, it was a tremendous weekend of content and sports. Bama and AM may have been the highlight along with Texas and Oklahoma, but let's recap that Bama AM game, man. What a day that was down in College Station. Shoppy, that is two historic wins straight up in the last two weeks in the SEC. And remember, we told you guys that this year's Bama team was not nearly as dominant in our power rankings as last year's. In fact, there wasn't a single team, Shoppy, last year that came within eight points of Bama in our power rankings. And you saw that in the odds in the national championship game. But this year, Georgia headed into this game was only one point behind Bama in our power rankings. Obviously, they've passed them now, but shopping no amount of analytical data could have predicted this upset. How big a win for this is Jimbo Fisher down at College Station? Dude, this is, this is a game changer for him. I mean, I can't imagine the amount of recruits that were at this game for, uh, for Texas A&M. I have a feeling that they were just chock full of, of players that were – you know, and look, A&M's going to get a lot of guys actually to go to go on official visits. It's not hard to get an official visit to A&M. You know, they're they're going to get their guys. Uh, and they were they were there. And, and it was, uh, for them, well, well worth it because I bet you they got a ton of recruits. And Jimbo, you know, Jimbo was looking for his, his banner victory as a, uh, as a head coach of the Aggies. And he's got it at Florida State, but he hadn't had it as of yet at Texas A&M. So huge victory for A&M. I didn't see. I mean, I, I only saw BetQL was the only one that I saw that had this as a five-star bet, AM plus 19. I I, yeah. I I was not. I mean, I know a lot of people had, yeah, maybe a lean AM. Personally, if I'm given less than three touchdowns, I'm taking Alabama most nights. Yeah, I mean, it's tough to do. Uh AM was the side in Two of our algorithms, but not three. So it was not a full go bet for us. Lean, yes, but definitely not going to full go bet, like you said, without giving, without catching three touchdowns coming back. And it never even got close to that. I mean, it right. was at 19. It, we actually went down. So the money was coming against Alabama. Now, let's look at what it did to the national championship odds for Alabama. All right. Uh, Alabama was plus 175 to win it all before this game. Georgia was plus 190 which speaks again to how close we had them in our power rankings, right? Now Georgia is plus 100, even money to win it all. Bama is down to plus 250. And Choppy, that's the exact same odds you could have got them at preseason, which first of all tells you what a raw deal that you get yeah. at 250 preseason 
when they haven't even played a game. Now they've played half their schedule. They've lost a game, and they're 250 again, which means realistically, at best, they should have been closer to plus 1,200. That's what you should have got as a player, and that's real odds, but that's even with heavy, heavy shading to Alabama winning all of their games on the probability. And there's just so there's just no value in betting preseason favorites to win championships in any sport. But now the question, Choppy, is looking at you know what Bama has to do, you know the road ahead of them. Would you take the 250 back on Bama? Would you try to catch two and a half units on them winning the championship at this point? Oh, I'd bet Bama. Yeah, 100 yeah. percent I mean, I that's a solid bet. You, the, the more value you can get on the on, on a team that like if I thought Bama was the best team last week, you know, one game making a change at that much, I'm still betting them, you know, and now I'm just gonna bet them with a little bit better value. Yeah, I 100 percent agree on that. The only difference in college is yeah, I, I don't think that any worse team that they were. I think that they were vulnerable. We said that going in. They obviously are vulnerable. The only problem is now if they lose to Georgia, right, if they lose, which that's be the only game that they will not be, you know, a double-digit favorite in. If they lose to Georgia, will the committee put a two-loss SEC team into the playoff? They've said before they're not putting any two-loss teams in. That means they'd have to let Cincinnati in, though, and they've never let, a you know, a G5 team in either. So it's going to get hairy if they lose to Georgia for the committee. So I'm here for it. I love the chaos. But moving on, we did say we're 3-0. and on our free picks right here on this podcast, Choppy, all for free, and we gave out three. Here's the best part. No stress winners. No UCLA stress. went out there and destroyed Arizona, just like we said they would. Your Vols, and I did listen to the program on Friday on the Degenerate. Now, you were hesitant to put your Vols in, but was. you had faith. You did it, and guess what? They blew them the heck out. It was 35 to nothing, whatever it was, before you even turned around. So I get that from a fan's perspective, though. Always hesitant to bet on or against your team. But, Choppy, we've been doing this program. I think it's our fourth year doing it. You know by now the numbers kind of gravitate to a certain team or two that they're either on or against all year long, and they're pretty – they get pretty honed in on that team for whatever reason, right? They just fall into mm-hmm. that, you know, uh, range of data. Tennessee's been the team, right? We've made money on them and against them so far this year. So, if we tell you to bet on them, man, and plan on having a great Saturday. If we tell you to bet against them – Maybe go eat mother yard or something, you know, while they're on. Yeah. Don't worry, don't worry about it. Just I'm scared to death this week, man. Old miss. I mean, that's <laughs> that I saw that point spread, the total 85 or something like that. Oh my God. <laughs> will oh. will there be three punts in that game? I mean, if they are, then your over's blown. I'll tell you that. Yeah. If, if they punt three times, then you can forget about the over. That, that's what I will say. Unless they return all three for touchdowns, which is absolutely possible in that game. Who knows? Uh a couple of NFL games to recap. So we were, we said right here on uh, the football four hundred one football four hundred one k Houston plus the nine versus New England. Uh, Choppy said we said Mills was bad, but he wasn't that much worse than the McCookie Monster on the season going in, and he straight up outplayed the first round quarterback for New England. If you watch that game, Mills was actually pretty good in that football game. Yeah, yeah, he was. He was pretty good. That's wasn't that surprising. Like that was, was the most it was surprising, surprising he was part. that good. Yes. Yeah. Very yeah. surprising because he has not been good at all uh, this season. But, you know, he had himself a good game and they were able to get the cover. They sure did. They should have won the game, but, you know, they didn't. Uh, second one to recap, Denver-Pittsburgh. We had Pittsburgh plus the one. I think it went off at plus one or plus one and a half. 
This was another simple fade on Teddy Two Gloves for us. Second straight week to fade him. Second straight week we made money doing it. Why? Because, Choppy, the public is always slow to catch up to the truth. And the truth is, through three weeks, Teddy Bridgewater was the number one EPA plus CPOE quarterback in the NFL. Now, to give you some perspective on what that means, last year the guy that finished number one in that stat was uh, A-Rod, right? Mm-hmm. And he was the MVP. Two years ago, Lamar finished third in that stat. He was the MVP. And then a year before that, it was Mahomes finished number one in that stat. Oh, yeah, league MVP, right? So you have to think that either Teddy Two Gloves is going to win the MVP of the NFL or be in the running, or you might see some regression, right? Yeah. So, and now his chances to win the MVP are greater than zero, right? So it could happen. But to quote the great Wayne Campbell, monkeys could fly out of my butt. So, I'm not saying anything's impossible. They could. I mean, they, they could. could. That, that's, that's a good point. <laughs> you never know. But the point here, boys and girls, is if you see anything, you know, early in the season, and it could be deep analytical, it could be surface, it could be record, it could be anything. If you see anything that looks out of place, it more than likely is. So that's the reason why it was a pretty easy handicap for us, just betting the natural. Now, Teddy's a fine quarterback, but he's not a league MVP quarterback. That's all we were saying. He was was going to come back to it's like choppy you're a baseball guy if you start off if you're a 240 hitter right and you've been in the pros for seven eight years and you hit 420 in april guess what your may is going to look like oh yeah it's going to stink real bad right yeah it's look very <laughs> rude door yeah oh god yeah with looking look like him without the beard that's how bad it's going to look mm. yeah don't, <laughs> don't bring that one up that's true that's just the way it is you know and, and i don't know what's going to happen to teddy Teddy's had an amazing first quarter of the season. Fantastic. Yep. Uh, we'll see what happens as they move along. But, you know, last couple of weeks, they got beat up pretty good. All right. And then KC Buffalo. In this game, uh, to me, Choppy, it was one of those question games. Like, is this the changing of the guards in the AFC? What Do you think that was the changing of the guards? No. Um, listen, I saw a thing on, on, on TV this morning. Is Patrick Mahomes still the best quarterback in the NFL? Like, yes, he is. <laughs> yes, he is. Stop looking at the two and three record to determine how good the quarterback is. Is he not still very, very high in the NFL, like tops in QBR, right there and adjusted net yards per attempt? I mean, uh, okay, so his, you know, he's thrown a few more interceptions this year. Uh, he had an unsustainable rate of not throwing picks that were deep down the field over the first couple of years of his career. He's getting the, the Piper's getting paid right now. Like I'm, I'm good, man. Like we'll be okay. Teddy, uh, Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback in the league until he's not in the league anymore. Basically. Absolutely. And I love how fired up choppy gets about like really good quarterbacks. It's kind of how fired up I get about people that overrate really bad quarterbacks, but I get to hear, you know, how great, some terrible quarterback played. I mean, for years, people try to tell me how good Andy Dalton was in Cincinnati, and I just want to smack them, right? But Chobby is equally as fired up when you talk about great quarterbacks and you try to slide them. So yeah. I love that passion. Now, in Vegas, Vegas is saying it was changing the guards because Buffalo is plus 600 now to win the Super Bowl. That's the best odds in the AFC. Casey down to 750. Now, we have a ticket at FGH on the Bills at plus 1,500 to win the Super Bowl because we bet it before the season started. 
So we've definitely gained a lot of value on that. James and I both picked them to go to the Super Bowl, and we always put our money where our handicap is. So we love our value on this at this point. But this is just another example of why you don't bet favorites in the preseason because we don't have a ticket on KC plus the 600 because there is no value betting preseason favorites. Right. But now, and I'll give you some food, to, food for thought, and you think about if you take this bet now. All right. So food for thought on that game, because I'm with you. I don't think it was a change in the guards, and here's why. The net expected points lost on those turnovers by Kansas City was 26 points. They lost the game by 18. That game was a lot closer than it looks. The Chiefs had more first downs than the Bills and almost as many yards. But because of the result, you see the big shift in the Super Bowl market which, by the way, is the squarest of square markets in all of Vegas. I mean, you could go to the pick-a-number market, and it's better. It's, it's more sharp than the Super Bowl market is. So I think Casey is close to having real value now at that plus 750. I honestly don't know if it gets much better. They're going to go to Washington. I do think they scuff a little bit at Washington, but they come out with a victory. But do the Chargers go beat Baltimore on the road? Gonna be a tough task for them. If they do, then you might get your number might get a little bit better. If they don't, then that 750 is gonna shrink a little bit. This might be the time to pull the trigger on them if you're gonna bet Kansas City. It might be about as good as you're gonna get on that value. So, Choppy, are you pulling trigger plus 750 right now? Yeah, I might. Um, there's a couple of teams that I would like to bet. I would like to see what their numbers at. Uh, I'd like to see what the numbers at on the Rams. I think the Rams may have been faded a bit. Tampa certainly has been faded a bit. I think. Uh, Kansas City, Cowboys. Um, it's about Cowboys, it. Cowboys are great odds. Uh, I think the last time I saw it was 22 to 1. You don't want Tampa Bay. They're still the odds on favorite in Vegas because, again, squarest market in town, man. It's the squarest market in town. People don't care that the defense stinks. They see Tom Brady throw for 400 yards and five touchdowns. Like, yep, they're going to win it again, right? We don't yeah. care that they are, you know, that you and I are the next up on their cornerback list. Literally, I got a letter in the mail the other day. So I got to get, did you? I got to oh, get man, in shape. Fantastic. I got to get my, I got to get my hamstrings ready to go, man. There you go. Uh, yeah. So <laughs> I, I would probably take the Chiefs bet. Um, you know, but that Bill's bet at 15, 1500 is uh, phenomenal looking. Great. Yeah. We like that. That was one Could of our Could you sell that days. back to them? Could you sell that back to them right now? Yeah, absolutely. You make some money on it, right? I'm close. I'm close to making money on it. Close to make it. I mean, when I say money, I mean, a, there's a certain margin that we'll sell it back at. I'm not quite to that point yet, but mm -hmm. it's close. It's close. Nice. I don't know if you could do that with futures. Yeah, um, you can, but I mean, they're, they're not going to give you hardly anything for it right now. Cause it's still so early, but we get to week 15 and they're 14 and one, you know, then I could sell it back mm -hmm. and make a decent penny. Uh, Cowboys are five and zero oh against the spread. Are they still being undervalued? It's only a four point. It started as a one in New England, and now it's mm -hmm. a four. Uh, a four-point favorite in New England uh, seems high over the last 20 years, but not this year. Is that are, are they a team that is being still undervalued? No, and we will get into that in our next section, but I do want to point out that they are 5-0, and oh, ATS and Choppy. You have rolled with them every week. You are 5-0. and oh. Uh, this last week was really the kind of breakover week for us and they still covered the spread. So when does the value fully shift? We think it's this week. Uh, but what I can tell you for sure is they're not going to go 17 and 0 ATS. That's that I know for sure, because Vegas is not going to allow that to happen, but <laughs> we'll, we'll, there you we go. will get it. We will get into that. Maybe it'll be 16 and one. 
It is the football 401k. (laughs) I'm RJ Choppy. He is Bo Repka. Are the Cowboys still undervalued in Vegas and why they are not, uh, according to Bo? Plus, the Meyer Gruden effect on the Vegas betting line. It's all coming up next on the football 401k. Before there was a draft, you could size up a cowboy by three simple factors. The crease in his hat, the bend of his brim, and his unbending attitude. A man Stetson didn't just protect him from what life threw at him. It projected a rugged, unstoppable spirit. Stetson hats are still American-made with pride right here in Texas. They're still the unofficial crown of all self-respecting cowboys. And Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Find a retailer nearest you at stetson.com cowboys. The Cowboys way, where 16 Hall of Famers and five championships shows us what success looks like, where turkey is always the second best part of Thanksgiving Day, where we are all defined by one single thing, the star, where we as fans know it's our job to keep the tradition going. Bank of America is proud to be the official bank of the Dallas Cowboys and to support the quest of living life the Cowboys way. Copyright 2020, Bank of America Corporation. Want to use what the pros use? How about the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys, Jack Black? Right now, you can get the Jack Black Starter, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping. The starter includes four Jack Black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Go to getjackblack.com cowboys and use the code word TEAMJB. That's getjackblack.com cowboys. The Jack Black Starter, 10 bucks. Free shipping. Honey, big news. Gary, are you okay? Oh, I'm not Gary anymore. I'm Jackie Flash. What? See, I want the latest smartphone, but the best deals are only for new customers. So to get a new customer deal, I changed my name to Jackie Flash. Okay, but the best smartphone deals at AT AT&T are for everyone, new and existing customers. That's huge. Then guess who's getting a deal? Is it Jackie Flash? Jackie Flash. It's not complicated. At AT AT&T, our best smartphone deals are for everyone. Restrictions apply. Visit att.com for details. Back to Football 401k. Welcome back to the Football 401k. I am RJ Choppy. He is Bo Repka of the Football Glory Hall. We still have our best bets coming up here uh, where we went 3-0 in this segment last week on this very podcast. Uh, But let's get ahead uh, looking at this week uh, with both the Cowboys in terms of if they're under or overvalued. But let's start with the Meyer Gruden effect. John Gruden, uh, unceremoniously, to say the least, uh, has resigned his position (laughs) as the uh, head coach of the Raiders. Uh, Meanwhile, Urban Meyer, I mean, who knows the hell he's doing down in Jacksonville? He, He may have been the guy to leak the emails. To uh, to the to, to the Wall Street Journal, just get off my back and get on John Gruden's. So, oh, man. what is what is the effect of these two numb nutses? I guess is the way to say <laughs> it in in Las Vegas. Well, it's definitely two different stories. So, start with Jacksonville and Urban Meyer. Uh, the obvious narrative last week is that his team quit on him versus a wounded Tennessee team. Uh, that's what's being said, right? out loud in the media. That's simply not true. Um, you know, they, they're just not a very good football team right now. But um, if you looked at that game, they actually outgained Tennessee in that game by about 100 yards, and they had more first downs. So Jacksonville just turned the ball over twice. Mm-hmm. One of them was on the seven-yard line. 
One of them went for a touchdown, which was the first possession of the game. You know when you do that as a young team, your confidence is going to be shaken. It's probably not going to go well for it. But you look at the deeper analytics in the game, they really didn't get outplayed that bad. Happenstance happened. Tennessee was def- definitely desperate for a win. They know they can win that division walking away, and they should after Indy coughed up that game, which, by the way, Baltimore had a 4% chance at one point to win that game. 4%. And they came all the way back and did it. So we love football. Man, if you had uh, Indy in your Survivor League, I don't know why you would, but if you did or if you had them on the money line or if you bet them live, woof, was that woof. rough. Yes, but it was. What we said on the FGH podcast, and I heard you, or I think you or Sean, maybe both of you, said if you looked at what the Urban Meyer thing was, was it really as negative as it being portrayed? Because the truth is we don't know. None of us know. None of us are in there, and unless you're in that locker room, you don't really know. But what I do know is the media will sensationalize anything negative, right, because positive things in our story. If if the real story is 90% of the guys are high-fiving him and saying, hey, man, you know, as good looking as you are, much money, she should have been better looking. She should have been younger. You know, they could have been ribbing him, right? And then one guy, the backup tight end, he's like, you know, I'm a hardcore Christian. I don't believe in this. And he's terrible. And he's the anonymous quote, right? And then all of a sudden, the whole locker room's against him, yada, yada, yada. I don't know. And like I said, nobody does if they're telling the truth. But I can tell you from their play, they did not go lay down on that man. So I think that it's probably not as bad as everybody says. However, I'm not saying Everett Meyer's a good dude. In fact, um, from everything I've heard, he's actually not a good dude. In fact, I was listening to a podcast earlier this week. One of the best stories I've ever heard uh, was an experienced college writer. He's actually a Heisman voter. He was in one of the college, you know, coaching conventions shopping, and they were doing, you know, they do like fun games or anecdotal questions and stuff like that. He said that there was a question if you had to pick any coach in the room to stand with you in a, in a fist fight versus two other coaches who would you pick? And, and most coaches were picking, you know, the Bielemans, the Ed O's, the Ty Willinghams, the big dudes, right? You want somebody to stand beside you that can take a punch and deliver something. But one guy who's still a, still a college head coach picked Urban Meyer. And he asked him, why? Why would you pick Urban Meyer? And the coach told him, because every coach in this room hates that MFR and wants to punch him in the face. So while they're beating him, <laughs> I'm going to walk the hell away from here. That's why I picked Urban Meyer. So obviously – He's not very well liked. So I'm not saying the good dude's a good dude. I'm not saying those reports are incorrect. What I'm saying is what I saw on the field, what the stats say is they didn't lay down on it. Now, the Raiders, on the other hand, absolutely went out there and laid down on John Gruden. Um, the question I don't know, did the players know the extent of the emails that we found out publicly Monday night? I have no idea. Mm-hmm. But what I do know is they went and lost by 11 points at home to a quarterback who threw for 111 yards and had the fifth worst QBR of the week and is still analytically the worst quarterback in the NFL, unequivocally. That's what I do know. And Choppy, if the players did know the extent of that, that would make sense because there was um, an email that you and Sean talked about about Eric Reed on 105.3 The Fan. I think that you guys nailed it. You said it was the most egregious offense in the locker room, not overall, whatever, but in the locker room, the most egregious offense. And I wanted you to make that point again right here because, first of all, I think you're spot on. And secondly, I haven't heard anybody else in the country highlight that as part of what would really affect the locker room. Oh, thank you, man. Uh, the point is, is, you know, 
I don't know how the locker room feels about female referees. I don't know. Um, I don't know how they feel about Michael Sam getting drafted. I, I think I know, but I, but I don't know. For, I know how they feel about Eric Reed and Colin Kaepernick for the most part. For the most part, I think most players view those two guys as guys who, you know, were willing to give up their careers for something they believed in. Um, even if you don't agree with what Reed and Kaepernick did or the approach they took, the respect that they were willing to give up for their careers for something they believe in is, is quite an admirable trait, I think. Um, and, and, and I think the point is, is that, you know, if you're going uh, to, to bash Eric Reed in that, you know, I, I don't think that sits well with a lot of the NFL players today. I, I don't think a lot of the NFL players, uh, they're almost, uh, there's, there's a, a mafia term. They're made guys. You can't go after them. Right. Like one, one of the players can maybe go after them, but an outsider, a coach, really can't. Uh, you you got to get permission to go after Eric Reed or Colin Kaepernick uh, if you're going to do so from the players. I, I think that's how they view it. So I, I think that was in the, in the constructs of the locker room. Remember, not overall. You right. know, overall, what you say about Michael Sam, what you say about women referees, what you say about, well, I mean, obviously the Demora Smith, this aspect is huge too. In the constructs of the NFL locker room, you're calling one of their fraternity brothers, you're calling him out when they view him as a guy who, who basically martyred himself to get, a, you know, to get change. That's not going to work. That's not going to work in the locker room. Yeah, man. Like I said, I, I haven't heard anybody else really highlight that part. And I think that if they did know, right, the players did know the extent or more of the extent before the game, that was evident on the field because they absolutely laid an egg in front of a football team in the Bears. It's not good. And a quarterback, like I said, that is the worst quarterback so far in his young career in the NFL. And he threw for 111 yards and they lost by 11 points. That doesn't happen in the NFL. So no. I, th I think, like I said, I don't know. And here, here's the bottom line from all, the, from all of this. Here's what you should take away from the handicapping perspective. When it comes to something like this, some sort of distraction, controversy, whatever, you know, it's not wise to assume how the players will react because the truth is we don't know. Like Chobby said, their scale of the morality, the scope of the morality, what they care about, what that we don't know these people. They are all individual people and nobody outside of the locker room knows what the temperature is. Now, one of the first golden rules of handicap is if you don't know something, try to find out, right? Because if you do and you know something, around the market, you can create some value on it. But if you can't find anything that the market doesn't know, right, there's no advantage for you as a player. And if, if there's no advantage for your player, you do not make a bet because you don't just take narratives. Because here's the thing. If all the media is saying the locker room quit on Jacksonville, well, guess what? Everybody knows or everybody thinks they know the locker room's quit on Jacksonville. That means it's baked in the market. There is no value. And you have to remember what a bet is at its core. A bet is you telling Vegas they're wrong. They're saying, you know what, Vegas, you're wrong about this game, and I'm right. And Vegas is like every 10-year-old on the playground. So, okay, well, I'll bet you. I'll bet you for it, right? Mm -hmm. So you should be willing to, to lay your money down if you think they're wrong, because if you're not willing to lay your money down, then you don't really mean – you don't really think that you're right. So that's not a bet. 
So that that's the main handicap and takeaway. If you know something, if you like, if your cousin is on the team, something you got some inside mm-hmm. information, man, go make your money. If you don't, don't just take media narratives because even if the media is right, even if it's one hundred percent right, then everybody knows the truth. And if everybody knows the truth, there's no value to that in the line, right? You you perceive value that's not there. I promise you, it's not there. Okay, good stuff. Uh, and, and that that's. That is the difficulty that gamblers have uh, to figure out where the value is and if there's value anywhere. Um, you know, take, you know, just go take, you know, Alabama. You know, mm-hmm. How often is there value with Alabama? Right? With we them know. laying the points? What's that? With them laying the points? Yeah. Very rarely. Right. So you, the, the value is, is that if there's a bad line, um, like the Ole Miss game, maybe it was a bad line. Uh, I'm sorry. The Miami game was a bad line. Yeah, that the was a bad line. Like, that should have been like 26. That's the only. That's the only game we bet on Alabama the entire season, and we said it on the first episode of this podcast. One of our free picks, they crushed them. That was yeah. a terrible line. Terrible. So line. Uh, you know, you know, and the Cowboys. You know, the Cowboys are a team where I've, well, I've thought all year this was easy money. Five and zero, oh, baby. You're five and zero. Oh. Five and zero oh, ATS. Easy money. You know, and and, and the perception. It's funny. The perception nationally, the Cowboys has been a failure. I get mm-hmm. it. I get it. They've spent 25 years doing that. You know, there's th- this team is, is clicking right now. Um, is Vegas caught up? They have, you think why? Yeah, I think they have because, you know, Vegas is not going to continually get beat, uh, especially by a very public team like the Dallas Cowboys, and there is no more public team in the NFL than the Dallas Cowboys, period. So we already said they're not going to go 17-0 ATS. Everybody knows that. It's the question is, when is the shift happening? Well, last week the Giants were plus seven. Uh, they were covering in that until your boy Jay Jeezy uh, called a naked bootleg and got his quarterback killed. And I'm not picking on Jay Jeezy. I've seen this throughout the league, but I don't understand. Why would you ever, ever call a – bootleg play on the goal line with no passing option for your quarterback. Like all you got to do is just slip one guy out there and then the defender has to hesitate for half a second. Guess what? Half a second hesitation, you know, Jones scores, but he didn't. I don't know why. I mean, maybe there's something schematically where you just can't, I'm not a coach. I don't know. It just seems like a weird, weird idea to me and a really bad one too, but they did do that. No dumb face junior got knocked out right there on the goal line. And that was that. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so we look ahead to this week. Now, all three from all the teams that Dallas has faced so far, the best comp for New England is Carolina. They're both top 10 defensive DVOA. They're both bottom third in offensive DVOA. And Carolina, by our power rankings and the advanced, just like the advanced analytics, is slightly better uh, than New England so far, about half a point. But here's the rub Carolina is a point better than we projected them in the preseason, but they're trending downward quickly. New England is about a point better than we projected in the preseason, and they're holding steady. Dallas is only half a point better than we projected in the preseason, but we believe, in fact, I know we were higher on the Cowboys than the market was, and that's why Choppy is led to 5-0 success because we thought the Cowboys were going to be better than Vegas did, obviously going into the season. We've seen value every week, and that's why they're 5-0. So the Cowboys had the market beat early in the season. But if you think Carolina's or Carolina's better or a point better than projected, New England's a point better than projected, 
Cowboys are half a point better, but we were the highest on them. So let's call it a net zero now that the market's caught up. They're basically all about the same amount better than the opening market. Well, preseason Carolina was minus five or plus five and a half in Dallas. At kickoff, that was minus four and a half. Now, flash forward to this week, this game preseason, New England minus one, now it's Dallas minus four. That means two things. Since home field's about two points right now in the NFL, that means New England will be plus eight in Dallas. That means New England is two and a half points worse than Carolina. We already told you they're only about a half a point apart. That would also mean that New England was overrated coming into the season and Dallas is underrated. Now, maybe both of those are true in the market, but not by us. Both have been upgraded to a net zero respective advantage in our power rankings. So what we're saying is that the value in this game is on New England. And for the first time all season, the Cowboys are getting overvalued. Now, that doesn't mean the Cowboys won't win. They're clearly the better team. So it doesn't even mean that they won't cover. But it does absolutely mean they are being overvalued. And you have to ask yourself, will the turnovers continue, right? If you win the turnover battle, that's 73% winning ATS in the NFL. Will the injury luck to other team star players hold out, right? The McCaffrey, the Jones, the Barclays, the Galladay's, the, you know, all the things that have happened. If all that continues, then yes, the Cowboys will continue to cover. And but I mean, they're going to continue to win football games regardless. They're a really good football team. They're now top five in our power rankings. So, will they continue to cover this margin? Again, a lot of things got to go right for you to beat Vegas. Once Vegas gets a beat on you, I think Vegas has the beat on them now. So we'll see about the margin. But again, they are a better football team than New England. They should go win this football game for sure. Man, I uh, I I do I do find it fascinating how things can shift. The perception, you know, once the public figures it out and the public's going to start betting and, the, you know, there's a lot of cowboy bets out there. Um, you know, it's interesting. They're overvalued now at four points. That's that's uh, that's surprising to me. I would have thought overvalued at six uh, on the road. But I, you know, you're the numbers guy, not me. <laughs> you know way more about this than I do. All right. So that is the uh, look ahead at this week in the National Football League. We will have our best bets coming up next on the Football 401k. Welcome back to the Football 401k. I'm RJ Choppy. He is Bo Repka, Football Glory Hole, and we have got the Football 401k best bets of the weekend for you. Reminder, hate to remind you again, we were 3-0 last week. Hate to keep bringing that <laughs> just up. Hate, just hate to bring hate that up. Hate to keep bringing that up. Let's start with college, Bo. <laughs> we got the UNC Tar Heels minus seven against Miami. Yeah, this line is undervalued here by about four points. UNC is being severely downgraded here due to that loss against Florida State, who is now two and four on the year, and they stink. But UNC was a 16 point, 16 and a half point favorite in that one and lost outright. Well, Florida State is mid 50s in our power rankings, and guess what? So is Miami. So the line going from 16 and a half to seven, way too much of a marketing correction. UNC lost the turnover battle to Florida State in that game. And the bigger rub was Florida State was three for three in the red zone. UNC was only one of three. On the season, UNC is 83% in the red zone scoring the ball, and Miami is 100% giving up red zone scores on defense all season long. On the flip side, UNC only gives up scores 78% of the time, and Miami stinks in the red zone. They only score 71% of the time. Uh, big matchup here advantage for UNC as they take – they, they're going to they're gonna write the ship against Miami in this conference. I, I love UNC to win by double digits here. Go Tar Heels. All right, Carolina minus seven uh, over Miami. How about Baylor 
and BYU. Baylor's been an upstart team this year. BYU looked slow <laughs> this week against Boise State. Why will Baylor give the Cougs their second straight loss? And they got to get those bicycles in gear up there. Uh, the boys yeah. from BYU are ranked 19th in the country, Choppy. Still laying six points into the public. They might not understand, and they might be against us. Kind of hope they are. Uh, and I'm sure every you know fake handicapper on Twitter will be on BYU who works for a sports book or something, right? They'll be the darlings this week. They'll be the darling dogs. But here's why the Sharps will be on the on Baylor. BYU has two two wins over top 25 teams this year: Arizona State and Utah. And in fact, BYU won us money on the Utah game for further yeah. proof that, you know, we're, we like BYU. We like BYU as a football team, but not this week. The story behind those wins, BYU has not beaten a single team in a top 20 EPA on offense besides Arizona State. And in that game, Arizona State outgained BYU by 100 yards, but they committed four turnovers and had 17 penalties. Woo! I didn't even know that was possible. Well, Baylor's 20th. Overall, in EPA and offense, and their only loss was to OK State, who's 27th in the country, EPA on defense. BYU is 69th EPA on defense. Their defense is not great. So, translation, Baylor will be scoring the ball early and often. BYU will not be able to keep up. Our model has Baylor scoring around 35 to 40 points in this game. BYU finished around 20 to 25, so sick them Bears. All right, finally to the NFL, Jacksonville plus three and a half over Miami. Do the Jags get their first win of the year? Man, they do. I'm calling it right here. First off, all right. So, Miami is one of the three worst teams in our power ranks in the NFL. So is Jacksonville. So, I'm not going to say, you know, this could be dominant either way. But this line is telling me that two is definitely a possibility here, in fact. And think, I think that Vegas is kind of expecting him to play. But the Miami offense has been abysmal with or without Tua. They're 29th in DVOA so far on offense. The Jags, surprisingly, are 23rd in DVOA offense, which is still really bad, but it's better than 29. And Trevor Lawrence has not been good, but their rushing attack is second in DVOA in the league, and the Dolphins on defense are 21st in rushing DVOA defense. So coupled with the fact that they have the 20th best rushing EPA uh, defense, that tells the story that Miami cannot stop the run. Every, every young quarterback choppy, they need a running game. So now Jacksonville has been terrible on defense. However, this is – if Tua starts, it'll be his first game coming back. They're going to have limited practice time because they're going to London, right? So you worry about him being poorly prepared for this game. Now, here's the value part. This is essentially a neutral field, which would mean the Dolphins are three and a half points better than the Jags, while by our power rankings, they're actually a point worse than Jacksonville. So now insert Tua. Let's give them the two points uh, from reset to two. I think that's fair, even if you said two and a half. That means Miami's either half a point or a point favorite. That means you're getting either three or two and a half points worth of value here to the Jags. And while the coach and the quarterback have not made this trip for Jacksonville to London, the organization has made it more times than any other team in the NFL. And, you know, they'll have at least a slightly pro Jacksonville crowd there in London, right? And that's more than they probably have in Jacksonville. So kind of a home team. The organization definitely knows this place inside and out. They know how to make the trip. They know how to be successful over there. And yeah, I'm calling my shot. Jacksonville gets their first win of the season right here. And now take the plus three and a half, you know, just in case I'm wrong, sprinkle, sprinkle something on the money line. But we do see a quarterback that is trending up in spite of popular opinion. He started 32nd, you know, in EPA plus CPOA. He's up to 30th 
That's positive movement. Hey, baby. good movement. Good movement. And the last thing on this game, Jacksonville is one of the best adjusted sack rate blocking offensive lines in the NFL. Miami is absolutely one of the worst. That equals time for Trevor Lawrence and probably trouble for Tua. Very good. Okay, Pizza Money Parlay, Wyoming plus 140, Kent State plus 215, UTEP plus 212. We're going to hit one of these this year. We're oh, going to hit yeah. one of these this year. We've been so close. Man, we've been dancing all around it, so I hope this is the Saturday that we do the money dance, baby. And by the way, we already want to know this week, you la la, a little Raging Cajun action last night on a Tuesday. If you don't think it can go up on a Tuesday, you obviously have not heard that song, and you're not following closely enough because there's always money to be made, baby. All right, always money to be made. Bo, where can we find the Football Glory Hole? You can find us at thefootballgloryhole.com. You can find us on Twitter at FGH Vegas, and you can find our podcast, The Football Glory Hole Podcast, anywhere. And I mean anywhere you find podcasts. I'm RJ Choppy. Catch me weekdays, Monday through Friday. That's also weekdays, too. I was redundant on 105 <laughs> through the fan and 105throughthefan.com and the Odyssey app. Uh, myself, Sean Shreve, Troy Hughes, 530 to 10, also on Twitter at RJ Choppy. Let's win some money for Bo. I'm RJ. Talk to you next week on the Football 401k.